0: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, December 20th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. I'm back from Los Angeles and looking forward to watching this game in the comfort of my dad's living room. It's getting to that point in the win streak where you start to get excited and hope that they win because uh, you just want the streak to keep going. Uh, we're, we're getting to that point where this is a, a semi-long win streak now, and uh, so every game has a little bit more meaning. I got a note from listener JJ uh, yesterday about Clay's defense versus the Lakers, and you know what? He is absolutely right. It wasn't very good. I said he was stout defensively. And I was wrong, went back and then take a look at the tape, and uh, the tape doesn't lie. So thanks, JJ. Hello to all my new listeners. I appreciate you. You can find my written media on Forbes.com, and I actually was able to speak to Dion Sanders earlier this morning about his uh, foundation and the work they're doing in and around Dallas. I'll be writing it over the next few days and hope to publish sometime next week, so... I will keep you posted on that and all other updates from my end. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Warriors and Locked On NBA, however you get your podcasts. We're on Android, iOS. You can also access this pod at LockedOnWarriors.com. Make sure you bookmark that page. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We've got a fantastic show today. I've got my friend and roommate, Miles Johnson, here with me to discuss the latest on Curry's injury. It's a setback. The game tonight against the Grizzlies, and we're going to take a statistical deep dive in the second segment. And in the third segment, we're going to go back to Kobe because I still have some thoughts about Kobe. As a non-Laker fan who grew up, you know, in the Bay Area with a heavy Lakers presence while the Warriors were floundering, it was just an interesting experience watching Kobe play basketball, and I often rooted for him. Um, but he's a uh, he's an enigma, and he's a guy who... Um, probably, in my opinion, is a little over... Mm. Do I want to say overrated? Do I want to use that word? Do I want to use the overrated word? The there. Yeah, well, I said it three times now, so I guess it's it's done. It's done. Kobe's overrated. We'll talk about that and more. Of course, the latest uh, news out of Oakland is that Curry is progressing and uh he's going to be reevaluated in a week, which means he's out for Christmas. That was a heartbreaker for me personally, and I know miles, you're feeling like the game will be much less interesting without him yeah least...
1: I, I mean i I think I think the only people who are potentially upset about this are are fans, maybe just because I think it makes for a less dynamic game. I don't think the Warriors should be you know especially worried they seem to have been fine with Kevin Durant
0: yeah Kevin Durant had like almost a a great
1: injury contingency plan is having Kevin Durant
0: it is it is and I you know what's funny is I wrote a piece earlier about how Draymond is like the most important player Mm -hmm. on the team because there is no injury contingency for him but my god Defense by committee has been the injury contingency for him. So.
1: Defense by the tune of Kevin Durant is second in blocks in the injury.
0: <laughs> True.
1: I mean, since, since Curry went down on December 4th, you know who's first in scoring? Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know who's first in minutes? No way. It's not Kevin Durant. It's All not right. Kevin Durant by a long stretch. In fact, Kevin Durant plays fewer minutes per game than Stephen Adams, and he's still <laughs> first in scoring over that same stretch of time. I mean, they're 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 going to be fine. Like, he's the best offensive player in the game. It it yeah. So so I, again, I think the people who are upset are aren't like me. I, I'd rather see. The Warriors go at the Cats' full strength on Christmas.
0: Yeah, I was looking forward to that, too. And I was predicting it. I was predicting he would be back by Christmas, but uh, that the uh, week evaluation pushes that timeline two days past. So
1: yeah, it's much more important to rest. Yeah. The most important player on your team.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, it is a bit of a letdown. We're hoping that uh, you progress well, Steph. And um, let's move on to the Grizzlies tonight. Both these teams are coming in super injured. In addition to Curry, the Warriors have uh, a smorgasbord of injuries and maladies. Andre Iguodala is questionable with flu-like symptoms. Draymond with the right shoulder, Sean Livingston with the right knee, and Zaza Pachulia with the left shoulder are all doubtful. So it's going to be next man up. Clay and Kevin Durant are going to have to do some heavy lifting. For the Grizzlies, they're without Mike Conley, as well as...
1: No Parsons, either.
0: Yeah, Parsons. Routine rest. It's going to be like a hoodat, but it's going to be fun. Also, no Brandon Wright and no Wayne Seldon, so they're hurting up and down the roster. Again, not to sound like a broken record, but
1: uh, the Warriors have Kevin Durant and the other team doesn't. And then a quick note, too, on that Kevin Durant is first in scoring in the league since December 4th when Curry went out. That, I want to add a caveat to that. Devin Booker outscores him by, I think, .7 points a game, but if you account for the fact uh, Kevin Durant is leading the players who've played at least three games, Those uh, the, the difference uh, is that Devin Booker's only played two games compared to the six that that Duran has played in the last two weeks.
0: And we wish Booker a speedy recovery from, what's his injury? Okay. It's been I'm an injury, sure I mean, what his injury is. does it feel like an injury-plagued season? It, uh, it feels like an injury-plagued season to me. I um, think the
1: Cavs would agree with you.
0: I think a lot of teams would. A lot of teams would. So this game tonight in Oakland is going to feature the 9-21 and 21 Grizzlies, and the Warriors at 24 and 6. Uh, Marcus Saul and this kid, Dylan Brooks, are the only two players to play all 30 games for the Grizzlies. And that's, that's basically the story of their season. Uh, well, that and the firing. And if they fired. You yeah. <laughs> and that their front
1: office is kind of in disarray. And that Marcus Saul has openly expressed that he's not really happy. Uh huh. It's, it's been a rough year for Memphis.
0: Yeah, it has. So it's Wednesday, which means it's Statistical Deep Dive Day, but that also means it's Draft Wednesday. So if you're a fantasy fan, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why Draft is my favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros, and it's not just me. More than a million people have already downloaded Draft 2. in a real live NBA draft right now, be done in under 5 minutes, and get paid out the next day. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code LOWARRIORS. That's right, play in a real money draft for free just by using my promo code LOWARRIORS. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering Locked On Warriors listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play free right now with promo code Warriors.
1: I think it'll continue to be interesting to see how um, the Warriors fare with, with Steph kind of being out. I wouldn't be surprised if in a week uh, the announcement is made that like he's not going to be back for another two or three weeks. Word. Um, which is fine. We'll you know, see. I, no,
0: I mean, the win streak is at, um, I can't remember how many games, seven or eight games now. Uh, it's getting to that point where... You just want it to every game is more important because we're on a win streak and we have to keep pace with the Houston Rockets. So I want him to return as quickly as possible because I'd rather have I guess four nuclear weapons than three, but you know, they're all they all seem to be offline right now and like when is Draymond Green gonna come back? Jeez alo. I
1: think it's a nine game win streak. It's nine? Yeah.
0: Nine-game win streak. Beautiful. And, and the Houston Rockets are on a 14-game win streak. So that's... you you, you got to be able to keep pace. I think that home, home court is very important in the uh, Western Conference this year. And I would like us to have it. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the mcdonald's way so stand up if you would like to taste the smell of the mcdonald's fry right now did you just stand because if you did then you earned yourself a trip to the mcdonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness support for this podcast comes from the it experts at cdw people who get it at cdw we get the future workplace works differently Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. But let's move on to statistical deep dive. We're going to go around the NBA on this one. And I see my boy over here has been going down the rabbit hole of Chicago Bulls' advanced statistics. Uh, they've been winning some games, and uh, they're fun to watch right now.
1: Yeah, they've been they've been winning quite a bit of games recently, actually. They're 6-0, and uh, 6-4 over their last 10. But even if you go back, uh, they have a couple of really close losses. Uh, to teams like Indiana and Denver. So they've been playing good ball overall. I think what, what is, is most interesting to me is how many of their shots are coming from the mid-range. Currently, uh, the the percentage of, of points that are coming uh, in the mid-range over the, that same six-game period, they're leading the league in, in front of teams like even San Antonio and, and Golden State. Uh, they're only 28th in the league, uh, in terms of the percentage of field goals attempted that, that end up being threes. And this seems to be something that they have been trending toward all season. The first 10 games, uh, they were shooting almost 32 threes a game at a 32% clip, which is not that great, it's, right? It's awful. <laughs> 11 through 20, that that number is about the same. Uh, 31.2 threes a game on average. Um, but they got a little better shooting it at. Now they're at 36.5%, which, again, is, is not... League average. It's good. Right? So, now, though, they're shooting the same percentage, uh, roughly, 36.2%, so it dipped a little bit, but they've taken a big step back and are shooting five fewer threes a game, so now they're only at 26.1 in games 21 through 30. Over that stretch, they're 6-3, and three, and, again, on a, a six-game uh, win streak, their next game is at Orlando that could easily be pushed to seven. Mm-hmm. And... You know, outside of guys like Nikola um, they got a rookie, Lori Markkinen. It's not like this yeah, team is like studded with all stars. Um, even Denzel Valentine, I think, has has played good ball this season, but
0: right and Zach Levine isn't suiting up for the team. Oh no, so. no,
1: he's still they're still wait waiting to get him like all the way back healthy. Um, and it's it so I think the the things to keep in mind with Chicago when you're when you're looking at them I'm I'm still a little confused as to what is going on uh, offensively because you know convention doesn't tell you that you know taking a bunch of mid range jumpers you're going to be winning games and, and if you go back and look at who they're beating these aren't scrubs either I, you know you would think um, that you know you could brush that aside. Uh, with the games that they have been playing being against like you know weaker teams, but that's not the case. They've got wins over Boston. They've got wins over Philly. Um, I, you mentioned the Hornets. They beat the Hornets. Uh, that was the the beat the Hornets in overtime to start that six game win streak. Let me pull up exactly what their uh, schedule has been um, because it hasn't been it hasn't been like they've been bottom feeding right teams either uh
0: indiana uh, they lost to indiana
1: so in this order starting on the 8th of december they had an overtime win uh in charlotte the next three games were all, were all at home but they won all of them against the knicks against the celtics against utah utah's good
0: utah is good they then but, went to uh,
1: milwaukee and beat them and then came back home and, and beat the sixers huh. uh and that was on on monday um and so now they play uh, tonight at home against the Magic, the Magic aren't good either. I mean, this this could usually get pushed to seven, and again,
0: Chicago is not great,
1: right? This is all uh, you know, amounting to a, a record of nine and twenty.
0: Um, right, but, but they're good right now. But they're good they're right fun now. To watch.
1: They're good right now. So defensively, uh, over this same stretch uh, of six games, uh, they're fourth in the league in defensive rating behind the Raptors, Heat, and Clippers. Uh, they are second only behind the Warriors in defensive rebounds. They're ninth in
0: steals. So this seems like these statistics are are kind of a buy in, uh, a sign of buy in by the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it it is interesting to note that again with their sort of taking a step back from from shooting threes um, and focusing so much uh, on on the mid range, whether there is has been a shift in. Uh, philosophy on offense from from Brad Hoiberg and his assistant coaches Um, or maybe it's just a a situation where they have kind of found their groove Um, I think they've got a a lot of young players who are still figuring out how to play with one another Um, and that's part of what these regular seasons early on months in November and December are for younger teams that are trying to rebuild right or are hitting um, different rough patches, but also hitting little periods of growth. So, I don't know. I don't know if this is a stretch where Chicago has, like, really figured it out on defense. And so, we're going to see them, like, over into the the next year, over in 2018, really, you know, putting the clamps down on teams. Or, or whether this is just kind of a blip on the radar. But it is really interesting. Because, again, it's not as if they really caught fire offensively. And, and it's no, not as no. though, though No,
0: no. Nikola Miritich has been playing very well. Yeah, he's had a couple of standout games. Um,
1: and, and has provided a lot of much-needed offense, but they, it's not like they have, uh, you know, it's not even like they're Denver and and they have uh, somebody like
0: Gary Harris you can give the ball to and and
1: say, give me, like, 20 points, you know?
0: Yeah, they have Bobby Portis hitting big shots down the stretch. That's (laughs) what they have.
1: Point is, Chicago has had a really good last 10 games, I'd say. Even the ones that they've lost, they've had really close games against good teams. Uh, So, who knows it looks to be like they've really figured it out on defense, but uh, I still think that they are going to be in the bottom like quartile of, of eastern Conference teams once once it's all said and done
0: word but, but it's
1: fun for right now
0: yeah, yeah, it is fun. that coaching element is also really important you you said something when we were talking earlier about like is there is there like a causation effect? B- uh, between them shooting more mid-range and fewer threes and then winning more games.
1: Yeah, I don't I I don't know. I think it's interesting this year especially because I I think we have seen the last four or five years um spearheaded by teams like the Rockets and Warriors, the league moving towards, you know, these hyper efficient shots, right? And the, and the most efficient shots are going to be either the ones that are worth more or the ones that are closest to the basket, right? So right. then this year in steps Giannis who is totally taken over the league by storm, is second in scoring, only behind the aforementioned Rockets' is James Harden, um, and Giannis is, is mostly shooting twos, and and sure, a lot of his, the, the difference between, between Giannis and the Bulls is that Giannis is getting a lot of his points at the rim, too. That's not really what we're seeing from Chicago. Um, in fact, any Wizards fans out there would know that what you're seeing from Chicago over this last six-game stretch is what... You would have wanted to have seen from the Wizards during the Randy Whitman years because that's all that they were taking were mid-range jump shots, except it led to not even necessarily being bad, just being mediocre. And I Mm. think that's why, you know, we have seen like more and more teams, you know, go towards the three because it it is easier to... well I don't know I think before you would say it was easier to win games but then you have guys like Giannis come in and it makes you sort of second guess this you have runs like the Bulls go on where you don't have really any players of note yeah. and you you don't have a Giannis you're not doing any of the things that current basketball convention will tell you is how you win ball games, and you're winning ballgames and, ball and you're winning ball games over really like they beat the Celtics yeah. right like the Celtics are the best team in the East they're you could. I. I don't think you could make a good case, but you could make an argument that the best te- team in the league, like.
0: Mm, somebody might.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I think somebody, and somebody maybe even other than Bill Simmons would make the argument <laughs> that they're the best team in the league. They beat them. They beat the Sixers. Uh, you know, these are these are good teams that they're beating. So it makes you kind of rethink. And I think that's what's fun about watching like sports evolve over time is you know you you have, you have a, a period of dominance by this one style of play, and, and you think you've. You know, there were, like, lots of pieces that were, like, you know, have, have the Warriors solve basketball, right? Because it... it and, and I'm not even, you know, shading those, those pieces because for a while I was like, wow, yeah, they figured it out. Like, they whatever cheat code existed, they figured it out yeah. because they were not just the best team scoring the ball, but they were the best team defensively, right? Like, yeah. it looked perfect. And the brand of basketball, they were playing, shooting shooting so quickly and shooting right. so many threes, right?
0: And it was a statistical anomaly how efficient they were.
1: Right. And, and and it became, and it was an anomaly until they did it for like four straight years, right? And then it was like, so you so you do like lean towards thinking, wow, they figured it out. But I, I what I've loved about watching this year is now we kind of have the needle going back in the other direction a little bit. And I'm not suggesting that, that you know, just six games with Chicago suggested. I think, you know, players like Giannis in the season that he's had makes a, a much better case for it um but I think there is some uh and, and not and it's not just Giannis right it's guys like uh you know Andre Drummond is like that you know who are like primarily going to put up twos and not threes right I'm not mm-hmm. even talking about guys like you know Embiid because he is someone who can stretch the floor Porzingis wouldn't count either but I think that's what's interesting about watching now is that you, you've seen kind of um People, maybe rethinking some basketball axioms that uh, we had
0: adopted over the last four or five years. For sure, for sure. But for now, the three-point chuckers and the, the dunkers they yeah. reign they reign supreme. <laughs>
1: They're still the best.
0: With Because
1: uh, what's Houston, the Rockets thirty-one and four? Or something? Yeah,
0: something like that. The Rockets, the Warriors, and the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers leading the way.
1: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink
0: responsibly. All right, I'm bringing it back to Kobe, and I promise this is the last time I'll talk about Kobe. I realize that his jersey's retirement was two days ago. It's old news now. There's plenty of other things that have happened in the NBA, but Kobe is— what? Yeah, he's like a—he's he's like a—, he's like a beautiful virus that just, like, sticks <laughs> in your mind and just kind of, like, spreads throughout your whole system. It's just like, I got to talk about Kobe. Um, so we're going to continue a conversation that we uh, started this morning, um, which is where Kobe stands in the Pantheon. Uh, and um, you had some thoughts on that, Miles, I know.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I, I was, and I'm not even trying to be inflammatory before... We, I'm gonna Disparaging Kobe
0: that. is inherently inflammatory. We know this.
1: Uh, I I was genuinely wondering whether, like, we, I think a lot of people, you know, argue about whether Kobe is you know top five or 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 whatever. But is he even the is he even top three in his position?
0: Yeah, that's see, that's a question. Right? I put I put him second.
1: Right, because he right he can't be one right unless we're saying he's better than Michael Jordan, and then I think you have to do a lot of other explaining of what your list looks like to me if that's the case. Right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I would be interested to what the rest of your list looks like. Right. Um so he so the best he could do is two, right? I have not looked at the stats. I'm not so I'm not even going to. But I I do wonder what his stats look like next to Dwayne Wade's.
0: Yeah. yeah. I would be
1: I would be interested. I I'd, I'd be interested to see like what um, his stats look like Next to say, uh, I don't know. I think Dwayne Wade is probably the the most like recent salient example. For sure, for that sure. That comes to mind, but yeah, shooting I don't, guard I historically. Even, like, Clyde Drexler, like
0: word shooting no, guard historically isn't a super deep position, honestly.
1: It's not, and the fact that Kobe's not the best at his, I don't know. It's just, it it is weird uh, to talk about him being. Um, well, I mean, I don't even think that's the weirdest part about. Uh, the adoration or or the insistence I should say to to have like Kobe being among these like all-time greats and what I want to like also say and this is what we were talking about earlier like if you're talking about Kobe Bryant's importance like culturally to basketball like he's top 3 easily maybe even like the most important right Kobe like, right we were we were talking about like how you have an entire generation of people who like screams his name before they throw things into trash cans right like that in and of <laughs> itself like means that you were pretty important, like, culturally. And, and and there are lots of other things, too. I also, like, think it's really strange, um, given, like, what we've been talking about this year, that... It seems like very few people have like brought up the the rape charges.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I already spoke about the. Did you already the, talk about that. I already okay. talked about that on a pod a few days ago. I just I mentioned that if twenty if two thousand four were two thousand seventeen, none of this would be possible for Kobe.
1: Oh nothing like yeah. if he, if he had played if he had played even just ten years later and yeah. so, which would have meant that this uh, would have happened. What I got five years. I don't know
0: what the math is, right. but if
1: this had happened ten years later, he would have been.
0: And no, and and they the raked and they raked that girl's reputation through the mud. They oh really, yeah, they really did. Um,
1: but but even setting
0: yeah like- all that aside.
1: I think, like, yeah, Kobe culturally versus, like, Kobe, like, on the floor, like, I, I think you have to have two different conversations. Yes,
0: I agree. So, I've, I've talked about Tim Duncan, I've talked about how he, I believe he is the, 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 the greatest player of this previous generation of Which players.
1: Kobe Kobe's. So, Kobe's also not even the, so he's not the greatest player in his position, he's not the greatest player of his generation.
0: And, uh, so I put him at eighth all time. I think I think he's eighth.
1: There are seven players who have ever touched the basketball better than Kobe, or not even touched who have who have played professional basketball better than Kobe Bryant.
0: Yes, IMO. Okay. Um, the, um, and and we're talking breadth of career. We're not talking just like at their prime, who would win or like whatever. We're talking yeah. like no, we're full talking about bodies of work. Bodies of work, exactly, right. exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's.
1: Um, I don't know. I think it gets hard to to talk about in general like it's a a conversation that's like fun to have right because everyone has different lists and everybody has different like rationale like it's it's a difficult conversation now yeah i think it's fun um i would not have kobe as seventh but i and a lot of my reason for not doing that is i i think that his first three titles wouldn't happen if shaq wasn't there and i don't think you could say the same in reverse. Like, I, I don't think, like, like, if you had, if Shaq had to have, like, Eddie Jones instead of Kobe, mm-hmm. right, I, I'm i like, I'm not, I would, I bet on that team to win. Well, Shaq
0: also never made the finals without an elite wing. He had Penny, he had Kobe, he had Dwayne you're, Wade.
1: And you're counting rookie Wade as an elite wing.
0: Uh, that wasn't rookie Wade. That was that three was years in Wade.
1: Three years in Wade.
0: And he was the finals MVP, and he, Freaking deserved it. That felt and that's
1: good. fair. Like I said, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. It is tough. Like, I don't know. Like, because you, you you talk about Shaq, you talk about Powell, but, like, something that you, I think you also have to, like, mark in Kobe's column is that he really was uh, kind of the tether between those two periods of Laker dominance, between the Shaq and Kobe Lakers and the ones that won the titles in 2009, 2010.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was. And he was great in all of those series. Yeah. I will give him that. It's not like we're saying he's been a mediocre basketball player. Um, He has been an absolute fantastic basketball player, but I think that um, his influence on winning games has been overstated um, continually throughout his career, and I think he has bought into that, like, a ton. You know, I don't really feel the humility coming from him, though his speech was pretty humble on Monday, but, like, you know, the winning at all costs thing has kind of overshadowed the, you know, I'm not that efficient at shooting thing.
1: Yeah, I was also going to to, to sort of pose the question. I wonder if, if part of this also is because, you know, our thinking changes as we continue to watch basketball and as it, as it continues to change, right? Like, there are the same conversations that people were having, like, in 2000 or 2001, right, would have included... Allen Iverson, right, and somebody who, you know, high usage rate, right, but wasn't super efficient. Um, And, like, now, of course, with our standards even having changed for what constitutes, like, an efficient season of shooting the basketball, Mm -hmm. right, there's no way you'd you'd have Allen Iverson as, as, uh, you know, top, you know, point guard um, because you'd point to all these other examples, Steve Nash, Stephen Curry, who, like, shot the ball better, passed the ball better, like, Mm -hmm. efficiently, right? But like pound for pound Allen Iverson is maybe the best player ever, right? Like if you're talking about like just, he was five the best individual player ever. He was he was 5 foot 11 maybe 6 feet tall and 180 pounds and he oh, was, I thought
0: he was listed at like 165. And he
1: was like leading the league in scoring uh and 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 with scrubs like, right? Like and Allen Iverson also like never had like so that, I mean, but I think that is all to say that like our perception on like what even constitutes like being good in that moment like changes um which is why i think and i think that can be extrapolated too to have a conversation about like why you know uh why we judge players we were talking about this before too like before the nba aba merger we have to judge those differently right because the game has just yeah. changed so much, right? And I think if you can acknowledge that, like, the game is not what it was when Bob Cousy was playing, you should also be able to acknowledge that, like, right now, it's not what it was when Kobe won his first title, right? Yeah. Like, the game is, like, yeah. so We're much talking different. about two decades. Yeah, it's so much... But I even think it's not even the same as when LeBron came to Miami, right? Like, it's, it's a different, like... And you can even kind of use, like, the most dominant teams, like, you know, every five years. Like, look at, like, what those teams were doing right like I think there's a lot um in those Miami teams even the one that lost to Dallas um in 2011 that you know kind of serve as like this like proto um version of what we've seen out of like the Warriors and the Rockets but Mm -hmm. it's but it's different right like like if if like you know floor spacing and ball movement you know for highly efficient shots is like what you saw um out of the heat and, and why they were, you know, keen on players like Battier, like James Jones, like Mike Miller. And they right? brought out
0: uh, Chris Bosh to the three-point line. And they
1: Right, and they asked Chris Bosh to pull back. Like, if you look at that, <clears> but that's that's not what the Warriors are doing, right? They're doing, like, a totally souped-up version of that. So I think, it, like, whenever we have these conversations um, about who's the best, and, and I think it's hard, you know, too, because, like, we continue, even, like, when we're not trying to, even in our most honest, I'm like, no, let's have, like, these specific criteria we still like
0: yeah it's hard it's hard and you want to be able to back up your claims as well with facts and statistics and all this other kind of stuff but there's always a statistic you can pull out that's like you know detrimental to your argument right
1: right exactly but that being said top five kareem is number one i think uh i think kareem is number one i think in terms and then we're just talking bodies of work bodies of work uh jordan is number two Hmm. Then I have Magic Johnson after him, um, and then after Magic, I'd probably put Bill Russell, and then LeBron. Word. I think LeBron is there. I really do. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Think LeBron is there. I agree. I, and I think if you if you include if you include like all of these accolades where he's like. The youngest to do this, the fastest to do this, the fastest to you know all of these like assists and like mm-hmm. point markers too. Like I think that that is something that you know doesn't get talked about certainly in the same vein right. as like um, you know title and yeah. so on.
0: And like yeah, Kobe went to the finals seven times in twenty seasons. LeBron has is about to go to his ninth finals. Um, if you, you know, believe barring, that
1: they get yeah, past yeah
0: barring uh, a collapse against the Celtics or whomever um in 15 seasons so he's 8 of 14 right now that's greater than 50 percent making it to the finals which is nothing to slouch at
1: it's not and and one of those of course was in what was that 07 Mm -hmm. the second best player on that team elgauskis maybe elgauskis was it was it big z
0: uh was larry hughes on that team or ricky davis no
1: this was this was past ricky davis i think okay Larry Hughes might have been. The point is. <laughs>
0: Boobie Gibson.
1: This was this was like uh, reminiscent of that '01 Sixers team where you had one phenomenal. Hey,
0: Aaron player. McKee was a Sixth Man of the Year that year. Was he? Yes, he was.
1: Oh, okay. Well, let me shut my mouth. <laughs> I apologize, Aaron McKee, if you're listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, that's about all the time we have uh, for today. Thanks for uh, tuning in for this extra-long pod. Tomorrow I'm going to recap the game against uh, the Grizzlies. It's also throwback Thursday tomorrow, and I'll be surprising you with where we go on that one, and then uh, I'll let you know about my third segment when we get to it. But thanks for listening. Stay thoughtful, heads.